And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from internal blocker barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Before we dive deep in today's episode, I want to let you know about a special offer I'm making available for the month of April to the first 25 people who enroll into my Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is one of the most comprehensive programs on the internet and has attracted hundreds of like-minded health enthusiasts that have a passion for natural nutrition, alternative healing, upgrading their lifestyle, and helping others live a healthier and happier life. So what I want to offer you for being a loyal listener of this podcast is the opportunity to not only participate in all this program has to offer, but you will also receive lifetime access to this program, our vibrant online community, our monthly video coaching calls led by me, and over 55 bonus videos on top of our core curriculum library. This course is absolutely perfect for virtually everyone who has a deep desire to improve their knowledge of health, natural foods, superfood nutrition, tonic herbalism, detoxification, brain health, and peak performance. Whether you're a busy stay-at-home mother, devoted father, an aspiring or seasoned health coach, or simply someone who wants to experience their life and health at another level, this course has something special to offer. So for the first 25 people who enroll, they will receive almost 60% off the original tuition price. Yes, you heard me right. That is 60% off the original tuition. And as a special bonus, I will personally send you signed copies of both of my books, which have been endorsed by thought leaders such as David Wolf. Michael Beckwith, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, and many others. 
I have never ever made an offer like this before and I'm doing it because I want you to have access to the absolute best information and strategies that exist in the most affordable and accessible way possible. So to find out more details on this program and this offer, please go to www.healthmasterycourse.com. Remember, this is open for the first 25 people, so if you feel the call, I hope you take advantage of this one-of-a-kind offer. Again, the website is www.healthmasterycourse.com. Greetings, everyone out there. Ronnie Landis here, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. We have an absolutely critical uh, conversation that me and my colleague, Jason Kristoff, is joining me to have here. And Jason was actually on the show not too long ago where we dove into some of the bulk of his work, which revolves around trauma-based mind control and the mechanisms of self-sabotage. And those are consistent themes that show up in his work and also show up in my work. We have a mutual passion for the fringe of reality and just kind of uh, riding the edges and going deep down the rabbit holes of, of what this, this reality is and all the different intricacies of health and wellness and transformation as a whole. And it's just an honor to have you here with me, Jason, to do another interview and to dive deep into some topics that are near and dear to my heart, have been absolutely essential for my own understanding and, and kind of upbringing in the health and wellness field to understand that it's not just what's on the surface of like macronutrients and, and you know, kind of these conversations around health and nutrition that people get um, kind of obsessed about, but there are some really critical points that we need to understand if we're going to be truly healthy and truly well and you know, one of those topics is obviously um, vaccines and the controversies around vaccines, the medical industry, some of the just the controversies that are um, true epidemics. I, I feel like these are the biggest epidemics of our time and things that people need to, um, you know, need to understand that there's two sides to every coin and each side needs to be properly represented. So I'm really excited to have you joining us. And there's so much that we are going to get into. So I want to set it up by first, before we get into those topics, I want to set it up by going into what I believe is one of the most important, um, one of the most important things to understand And your work really represents this really well. And um, there's a term that I became familiar with maybe five or six years ago when I was getting deep into some of these topics. And I read a book by a gentleman named Leonard Orr. And the book was called Breaking the Death Habit. And in that book, he talked about the subtle death urges that people have, which, which basically appropriate their behavior to doing things that you talk about all the time that are essentially killing them slowly and subduing their faculties in their own inherent genius or their own inherent common sense and are, are taking their life force away. And I just thought I was, I was thinking, how did I want to start this conversation? And I, I just went back to that, that book. And I was like, wow, that is the perfect segue. And um, I'd like to talk about that, that concept. And one of the terms that are recently I heard you in an interview, you mentioned this term called the cremation of care rituals in ancient self-sabotage technology. Wow. 
Did I write that? <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's a, a pretty deep subject. And a lot of people, you know, you can investigate that subject because it is, there are rituals or certain orchestrated events that you can perform inside in front of humans. And what if they see a lot of trauma or they see a lot of pain or blood or even human sacrifice, this is how it was originally done. That kind of fear and trauma can be sensed and sent down the nervous system in a way where it can extinguish your ability to care. So when the body is traumatized and feels this great pain, a great emotional pain, there is one way to deal with it, and that is to stop caring. It's sort of the natural reaction to seeing a big trauma. So when you shut your care off, and our human farmers have figured this out, it's very long ago they figured this out. This is what the human sacrifices were for. Everybody's drawn into the public square for the in the French Revolution, the guillotine beheadings in ancient Aztec, Mayan, or Olmec times, there was human sacrifice. And of course, there's still, you can still turn on uh, CNN today and see uh, the human sacrifice because it's the same people running, uh, running the human farm. And what they're really trying to do is take the human and make it so painful to live in the society that the body goes back to its default adaptation, which is a, a, like a, a cremation, an extinguishing of its ability to care. And when you don't care about what you saw and you can make that trauma permanent, you won't care about how much you're taxed. You won't care about how tyrannically you're governed over. You won't care about your weight. You won't care that your doctor's drugging you to death. You won't care about absolutely everything. If you're in the business of, you know, say you're, you were a plumber, Ronnie, and I know you're not, but if you were a plumber, you came from five generations of, of plumbers, you would be like a really good plumber. And people would phone you because you know, you know the business inside and out. There's people running our society right now that have been like, running and manipulating and ruling and, and controlling and governing us for thousands of years. And this is from what this is from their playbook. They still use it today. We we might call it PTSD today. But when you have a PTSD victim, you get all kinds of odd adaptations in the brain, none of them positive, that really benefits, it kind of throws humanity down the evolutionary ladder and it makes us easier to like steal from to rule over to govern and to manipulate and this is where our society is at right now and all our we're, we really have a hard time processing reality through the part of the brain that's active when we're in fear and that's the limbic part or what they call the reptilian brain it's notoriously low IQ, it's childlike, it's irrational, it's illogical, it's obsessed with uh, sex, 
It's, uh, it, it has no long-term implications. It doesn't consider its consequences at all. And it bases its, emotion, uh, its rea- like decisions on emotional response, which is the opposite of logic. So what's really going on in our society today, kind of all our problems, uh, everything from the school shooter that we had recently to the marital affair. I just wrote an article about how the limbic system is really active in the the very messy marital affair that goes public. All these um, irrational behaviors are being initiated because we're always placed in the traumatized part of the brain, which is the limbic brain. It's very inept. You would call it moronic or really stupid on the street. That's, you know, that's how you would describe it. And when you process your life through the limbic brain, you're going to have a really bad life. And that's the goal because uh, you're always going to be in perpetual crisis. You're always going to be needing and humans look toward third parties for guidance anyway. That's, that's proven as a natural not many humans feel uh, safe enough being independent. They're kind of like pack animals. They're always looking to the tribal leader to solve the problems for them. That's sort of natural. There's nothing really inherently wrong about that. But when your life's in perpetual crisis because you're being farmed in a way and governed in a way that always puts you in the limbic brain, your life's going to be beyond messy. You're going to be dumber than a caveman. Male or female, it's not going to matter. And health is the opposite. It moves the activation of all our neurological systems. It's what's called the human brain, which is more to the front and the top. And that's the adult part of the brain. It's, It's moral. This is where morality lives, right here. And that's where ethics lives. And this is where, um, you know, family lives and hard work and ambition and creativity. And you, it's hard to rule a population who lives in the human brain. It's a lot easier to rule them in the limbic system. And that's why we're constantly being polluted en masse and frightened. Every, I mean, it doesn't matter what movie you put on at the theaters. It doesn't matter what Netflix show you put on. It's just constant mayhem and proven that that's why it's there because it's designed to dumb us down inside our own brains without even us knowing what's going on. It's just a flick of the switch and we're like complete morons because we're trauma is completely flooding our brains through the optic nerve. Does that make any sense? Makes makes one hundred percent. It makes beyond sense. And what what I think about, and we were talking about this before we got onto the recording, was the distinction between pleasure and happiness. And I think this is absolutely essential for every single person to really imprint into their consciousness that there is a fundamental difference between the pleasure pain cycle and the happiness. I don't know how what are the, the contrast to that, but that that cycle like in the the trauma and the mind control if you will is based in pleasure and pain reward and punishment and that's fundamentally different than personal satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness but those but people don't often make those or that distinction 
Yeah, it would be really hard to make that distinction without some research in the area. So there's a, a doctor, a great research who's a researcher who's done, you know, uh, great uh, released great information over a very wide spectrum. His name's Dr. David Lustig, and he has a book called "The Hacking of the American Mind," and he's proven that, for example, coffee gives you pleasure. And alcohol gives you pleasure, marijuana, uh, cigarettes, sugar, MSG, and various chemicals where, you know, the the fentanyl. I mean, wherever you're going to find addiction, it's going to be an addiction to pleasure because these compounds elicit a pleasure response. What the public really needs to focus in on here is that he's proven that pleasure and happiness are complete opposites. And that a pursuit of pleasure will end in your depression and having no happiness in your life. Then we move the depressed person over where, you know, you have uh, a person living out the lies of the day, which is maybe a coffee in the morning and they're, they're taking some medical drugs and you, they're not taking care of their health. They're just, you know, spending all their time on their screen or something. And then, you know, they're getting depressed or get, they're getting sick. And then the medical system runs in to add more toxins into their mouth along with the other toxins they're already consuming, literally finishing off or polishing off this poor person, you know, like a water slide, like a five-star descent into the abyss. A lot of the public aren't aware that the food's that are on their shelf. I mean, in, in Canada here, the government owns the liquor stores, sells the liquor stores. I mean, sells us uh, the liquor through these liquor stores. These liquor stores are going to be uh, distributing marijuana this summer. No one's really connecting the dots too much that this is always being drugs and pleasure-based compounds that sedate and tranquilize the public to the reality have always been a modality of the ruling elite to, like, like I said, to sedate and tranquilize the public, keep them kind of cozy in their slavery so they don't feel the cold cement floor of the prison cell and they don't see the movements that are very obvious to people who are in the human brain, the movements of our government in terms of school shootings and they have the the anti-gun legislation and all the actors ready to go. Uh, the average person who lives in the limbic brain is just scared. They want someone to help them. Guns are bad. They don't know how to think very logically. And all these compounds, it doesn't matter if it's MSG inside your, your Campbell's soup, or it doesn't matter if it's uh, the vaccine toxins that are injected right into your bloodstream. They're all the same attack, just kind of dressed up in different ways, so you never connect the dots. So humanity's been under attack like this for a very long time. It's just that the population is getting so large that the ruling elite don't want to take too many chances that some of the cattle get outside the perimeter. So really stepping up, the ruling elite, uh, you know, the masquerade as your altruistic governments are really upping their game, especially with the vaccines, because polluting your food your, your digestive system has uh, magical abilities to sort of uh, sort through 
toxins that you ingest. You really have no defenses when you inject the toxins under the skin because you know the vast majority of the immune system that filters toxins is inside your digestive tract. And this is this is just a multifactorial attack on the uninformed public who are also taught in school that the government would never hurt them and that the government's out for their, their well-being. And so you have the you know, you have the perfect lamb there to slaughter. The average person thinks the co- coffee shops there by classical economics, supply and demand. The vaccine clinics are free, they believe, because the government really cares about the immunity of the people. And of course they care about the immunity of the people. That's why they uh, sanction all the poisonous foods and put all kinds of toxins inside your vaccines. But no one's connecting the dots to understand in Canada, it's a government that builds the casinos and robs the public of their financial resources that way. There's government casinos, there's government liquor stores that sell marijuana. The government sanctions all the chemicals that are on all the foods that are polluting and hurting people. And you're not going to see this ambush, this periphery ambush that's occurring in our society unless you can get out of the limbic brain. And to get out of the limbic brain, it's health, because if you're eating healthy, you're going to reduce all the chemicals that activate the limbic brain. And this is why our governments are, again, are at war with health, because they know the human brain that's logical, adult-based, moral, and ethical, and it's a real warrior, has always been their greatest problem, always been their greatest threat, and has always beat them historically in many battles across history and beyond. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. I mean, that, that in of itself could go into its own conversation around the beta male, alpha male kind of dilemma that we're finding in our world, the feminization of the masculine, or I should even say the dismissal is probably even a more accurate way of saying it, the dismissal of the masculine, the discarding of masculine qualities altogether which is which is its own thing. Maybe we'll have to get we'll have to do round three on that one. But um, a beautiful way to open this up for everybody to really really open themselves up to where we're going to go in this conversation. And um, you know, you mentioned vaccines. Obviously, I want to dive deep into that. And it's almost like it's almost hard to know where to start because when you're so deep in it and you've connected so many dots, it's like. It's pretty mind-blowing. One of the things you mentioned that I, I definitely want to touch on as we segue into this is the difference between injectable, ingestible, and topical toxicity, whether it's environmental toxicity, it's exogenous, whether you know it's injected, it's purposeful, whatever. There's a fundamental difference in the way that our body is able to metabolize or detoxify the, the administration of certain toxins, say for example, you ingest it, like you mentioned, your liver has a chance to actually filter it and detoxify it, and the immune system has a chance to get on top of it. If you in, if it's topical, like you know whatever sunscreen or something, not that any of that is is good by any means, but if you have something that's topical, your skin is an elimination organ, so it has a chance, and the lymphatic system has a chance to deal with it. But if you inject it, directly through through the ecstatic skin of your body and it goes right through and punctures um, and goes right into the blood, 
there's really no real opportunity for the body to mitigate or buffer that effect. And that's that right there. I don't think people even like have a concept of how, um, you know, how dangerous that is. Yes, you're correct. But we should look at why they don't have the concept. They don't understand in the health field, the true health field, the true, you know, the vaccine science, we need to get to the point where we stop trying to convince people who vaccinate that the science is out there proving vaccination is unhealthy and ineffective. Because that's the, the weight of the science is firmly in the corner that vaccines are unsafe and ineffective. They've never been proven to increase immunity or resistance to disease in, in real world populations. What we should focus on is discussing why the people don't care. Mm-hmm. That's what we really need to go because a vaccine insert, which is the legal document that comes with each vaccine, it's produced by the legal department of the vaccine manufacturer. And the vaccine le- vaccine's legal department is the buffer, the vaccine maker for any kind of legal liability of the vaccine, which is proven and it states in black and white that each vaccine can either kill your child or your or yourself either directly or indirectly, or can cripple you or your child for life. What what we should start doing a journey into is why the average parent doesn't care that the vaccine isn't proven to make their kid immune, isn't proven to decrease the disease of the child. It's proven, documented, 100%, you know, it's guaranteed to decrease the immunity of the child. I mean, how could toxins improve the health of anybody? But that's besides the point. That's like your own opinion. How can poisons make people healthy? It's almost absurd to say that. But putting that aside, the vaccine maker themselves declare that the vaccine can kill or cripple your child. Plus, there's no guarantee of immunity. If you get sick, you can't go back and sue the vaccine maker for, you know, for the disease that you are vaccinated against. And there's a reason for that. The average parent doesn't care what's really happening to their child because the way the system is set up, it's like a video game. If you embrace the lies of the day as, as an adult in our society, you will get more points you will get more societal acceptance. You will get uh, like kind of a lubricated walk through the corrupt ruling pyramid. You might be a better candidate for a government position because of course, most government positions, they're looking for the most points. I mean, how many lies can you live? And that's how they're sort of sorting through their applicants. It's like, you know, this guy's living 10 lies. I mean, he drinks wine every Friday night. He thinks red wine's healthy for him. He vaccinates his kid. He's on antidepressants, um, you know. And if you embrace the lies of the day, you get all these societal rewards. So you have parents vaccinating against the science because they personally get rewarded positive stroking from the most corrupt society that has ever lived on this planet. 
And this is where the conversation has to go. It's beyond the science now, because the science documents that these vaccines are eugenic, that these vaccines are ste- they're for stealth euthanasia, that they're targeting the dumbest and most inept and most low IQ and most poverty-stricken sections of our population who were made that way by the same system that's ambushing them with the vaccines. So you can't produce this sort of stupidity in the population. John Taylor Gatto, one of the most famous teachers in in recorded history, who's one teacher of the year in New York City and New York State within the same five-year period, has called this dumbness by design. You can't have people this stupid naturally if you would just have them procreate in nature without any other interferences with their development. You're manufacturing this kind of stupidity to walk into the adult world where human farmers are just clicking the sniper rifle over and over again, picking these people off like wild turkeys. I don't know if you've ever hunted turkeys, but... They don't move when you shoot someone next to them. <laughs> they just kind of look around at, uh, hey, where, what was that? And, you know, Jim's on the floor. Jim's not getting up. This is how humans are acting today. And again, the full connection, the bad food, the toxins with the limbic brain, injecting the toxins destroys the brain itself. The human farmers or our social engineers, whatever you like to call them, ruling families, Um, Michael Tessarian calls them the architects of doom. They're sort of going beyond trying to activate your limbic brain. With the toxic ingredients inside the vaccines, they're trying to eliminate your brain altogether. They want you more like a drooling troll on the other side of the castle wall, just shoveling manure in, in the royal stables. That's what they're really looking for. And you see these modalities of attack. It's like in Jurassic Park. I remember in Jurassic Park, uh, when I watched it when I was a kid, uh, I remember one of the scientists said, how would if the dinosaurs get out of control or get outside the fence? They said, the scientist said back to him, well, we just uh, removed lysine, an amino acid from their food supply and you need lysine to do cell replication. So without the lysine, they would just die. This is how our human farmers look at us. They see that we need clean food, so they're polluting the food. They see that we need clean air, so all the lines in the sky, they're polluting our air. And then they're polluting our water with fluoride and there's nothing more ridiculous than uh, pissing and shitting in the, in the own water that you count on to drink. And this structure has been in place for a very long time because they've been doing this for a very long time. The, air, the airplane pilot that drives the airplane with the chemtrails, the doctor who uh, administers vaccines to children, seeing that none of the children get better, seeing that some of the children die after the vaccination, the nurse seems that as well. To produce compliant order takers like that who don't question, you have to move them through the same system I've described where they're polluted and chemically lobotomized and placed in trauma because the PTSD victim 
is always reflexively obedient to authority. And what you see with the nurse and the conventional medical doctor that are you know, handing out medical toxins or injecting a poisonous vaccines, they're simply repeating the lies, the, the lies that are going to get them the most points. So what we think are highly educated medical doctors and coming in on the white horse when we're in trouble and coming to save us, nothing could be further from the source. These are the most traumatized people of our society. They've put through, been put through the most traumatizing um, sort of mind control techniques, which is being admitted to by a, a doctor, a medical doctor that was interviewed recently by Janice Barcelo, saying that his medical training was nothing uh, more than classical CIA mind control techniques, techniques working 36-hour shifts, seeing blood. Again, we see the blood ritual which, you know, if you see a car accident victim, you're going to be changed. And our human farmers know that. And then, of course, at the hospitals, the doctors working a 36-hour residency shift, putting himself PTSD, um, and they're getting given coffee, which, again, activates the limbic system. So all these things are connected. And I know I've done a long rant there so you can come come in and tell me what's going on in your head no it's it's absolutely brilliant and it's so spot on and you know essentially what what you're saying is that there's a desensitization that's happening in society and the people in the white trench coats again there's in by the way i just want to make this point there's brilliant amazing heart-centered doctors out there so i don't want to make any i don't want to um, anyone to think that it's it's us against them or anything like that. But we need to understand we're dealing with human beings. No matter what position or uh, privilege or status they are in, the, the people that we look up to in these departments to take care of us, um, whether it's the politicians or it's the bankers or it is the doctors in particular, they are truly the most um, like you said, traumatized and desensitized. And I know that from firsthand experience because about 12 years ago or so, I actually worked in the emergency room of Summit Hospital in Oakland, California, of all places in the world. It's a rough place. It's a rough place. And, um, you know, I think I just kind of was trans- transplanted there by, by whatever divine intervention. So, because so, I didn't mean to be there, but I just kind of stumbled into it as a side job to supplement my athletic career. And, uh, you know, for three years, I started, and that's when I got onto a raw food diet and I started cleansing and my, my brain started to work. Everything started, the Venetian veil started to drop off. And I mean, the things I started to notice were absolutely, um, what's the like ludicrous, but it, it was like, it's sad, like truly like to actually start looking at the, the, the doctors and the nurses and their own eating habits when they go off to get like a five minute break for lunch and there's a big cake they're sitting or just like, or they go off to, you know, there's a saying that I, I through my own observation, I, I, tell, I tell people in some of my lectures, I just tell them, look, if you're going to get a surgical procedure, the best bet is to get it the, the absolutely the earliest in the morning because you never, ever want to get a surgery after lunchtime is once a doctor has gone to lunch, and I think statistics also kind of correlate this, the, the efficacy of surgical procedures go down or anything to do with, with um, anything, you know, someone's health or, or 
you know, so that was something I just started to notice all these things firsthand. And now when, when I hear you speaking about it, it's reminding me just the reality of it. And we got to understand this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're not going to throw every doctor under the bus because I study from good medical doctors like Dr. Russell Blaylock. Um, and there's many others, but the doctors quickly have also gone through the conditioning that we've all gone through. So they're no different than us. What they've seen is that, you know, if you dare, and the good doctors that I put up, uh, Dr. Peter Bregan is a psychiatrist, Dr. Kelly Brogan. These are, are great medical doctors, psychiatrists. Dr. Russell Blaylock is a neurosurgeon. If you dare put your head above the whack-a-mole table, where your adult brain is on because you're a healthy doctor trying to lead by example, you start realizing that nothing conventional medicine does makes anybody healthy. And you dare try to speak about it or you write a book about it or you do a podcast about it or a webinar. The old whack-a-mole mallet comes down on your head and that goes back to the public sacrifice rituals where all the other doctors on the ward know the game as well. Like if you tell the lie of the day and you keep lying and the more lies you tell, the more points you get. And then if you say the truth, like Dr. Blaylock, well, he, he, you know, his points get reduced and he might be pushed out early or he's going to be vilified in the media or they're going to make something up about him. So it's, it's, it's really like a, a very inverted and perverted and satanic video game where the more you lie, there's your house and there's your car and there's your, your wife with the, you know, with the fake breasts, with the blonde hair. You get all this behind door number one if you lie and tell as many lies as we tell you to. And then if you're a moral, ethical and rational human being who is unpsychopathic, which you have empathy for the people you're poisoning, you get the old whack-a-mole mallet right on the head. Everybody else sees that you're getting the whack-a-mole mallet on your head. And what they, they get conditioned, like not only do you get conditioned getting the mallet right on the head, anybody watching gets conditioned as well. So the other doctors are like, I'm just going to lie harder because I really, you know, I don't want to drive a Hyundai. I want to drive my Mercedes and I'm really hoping to get like a, a Ferrari one day. And those are all the rewards you're going to get for lying your pants off. And that's the system we have. The system we have is a psychopathic sorting system. It starts in schools. Uh, the first lie you tell is uh, Columbus discovered America. And then you get a 10 out of 10. I mean, Columbus didn't discover America. It's complete and utter bullshit. People were here well before Columbus. And the people over in the U.K., we're aware that North America existed long ago. Like our, historic, our history is completely convoluted. But the child is conditioned right away and gives the answer. Columbus discovered America. Someone gives them an A+. Plus. Someone gives them a gold star. Someone gives them a 10 out of the 10. And the kid's like, shit, I like this game. I'll tell you any lie you want to hear. And that's what the school system's all about. Is it proven? 100% proven, written by John Taylor Gatto, 
in his book, Weapons of Mass Instruction. And did he make it up? No, it's documented. It goes back to the Prussian education system where they just wanted to make compliant people, which means people who lie on command or for reward. And then you punish the people who tell the truth. So everybody you see that you believe is smart and carrying a degree, this guy's got a four-year degree and that guy's got a three-year degree, they just keep going up various higher steps of the corrupt ruling pyramid because they're willing to lie without moral or ethical review. And eventually some people stop lying, not saying they all go to the top. But if you're willing to lie without any moral or ethical review whatsoever, you will be the next Barack Obama. You will be the next Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton, she's so bad at lying. Uh, you know, she had, they had to get her out because all she said was lies. Her, her programming went faulty. She couldn't say anything but lies. She was too good at programming for Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they had to mothball her. Yeah, yeah, that actually makes more sense than anything when you said that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is this is so this is so essential. Um, I want to I want to return back to the conversation on the vaccines in particular, um, because there are a few points that I think are absolutely critical um, to get out there. Um, and you know, obviously, like if anybody has not seen the movie by Dell Big Tree, um, Vax, it, it's it's critical research. I mean, there's so much that gets put out there on the table about this. I think I've seen it four times. Every time I do. It gives me the chills, but there is a very important um, statistic that came from an MIT statistician, which is by the year 2032, it's estimated that one in two children is going to end up on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, and 80% of that is boys, by the way. And there's, a, there's something in our neurology that's fundamentally different between boys and girls. Girls have a bigger corpus callosum between the right and left hemispheres of their brain, which is why they can process more, more amounts of information a lot quicker. They're bilateral. Men are, tend to be more myopic. But um, boys and men in general, their neurology is more susceptible to um, toxins like mercury or aluminum that's being, that's being transported past the blood-brain barrier because of things like glyphosate in our environment that's disrupting the male brain and actually causing, and I'm sure you've noticed this, my, my friend and colleague, David Wolf, he, he brought this to my attention because he's probably the biggest person in the world that gets trolled probably more than anyone because of this. You know, he's got like 14 million Facebook followers and his biggest, and, and most he gets trolled because of his vaccine adv or his anti-vaccine adv advocacy. And one of the points he made to me was that when I look at all the trolling and I look at the people behind it, it's typically men. And he's, starting, he's starting to unfold this whole thing about like, yeah, when the aluminum and the glyphosate and the mercury goes beyond the blood-brain barrier, it has a particular affinity for disrupting the male brain where women, for whatever reason, um, are able to, to resist. And that's the side point I wanted to make because it kind of brings back this conversation about the... the, the, um, the whatever you want to call it, the feminization, but I don't think that's the right word. It's just the, the, the deconstruction of the masculine um, and the warrior archetype that's, that's being eroded in our society. And I want to, I want to kind of bring that into this. 
what we should do first is sort of correct that um, it's not that the male neurology is different based on the vaccines. The vaccines are hand produced and developed to attack the male more than the female. Okay. As I've alluded to earlier, the only time our human farmers have had trouble throughout history is with the very strong male gorilla, the very strong alpha male who is moral and ethical, who knows right from wrong, who's also directed by his queen. When they come together as a union with both hemispheres and decide, okay, this is immoral and this is where action is needed. So the vaccine makers, number one, are not vaccine makers. A lot of them are related to various, like uh, I think it's IG Farben in Nazi Germany. Um, a lot of these chemical companies are eugenic uh, and Nazi-like to begin with. But even to say Nazi, these go back, the people running these companies who just changed the names and shell companies go back a lot longer. Okay, it's not just go back to Nazi eugenic philosophy in uh, pre-World War II or World War II. They've developed these vaccines to attack the male more than the female. That's why <clears throat> vaccines have the mercury and aluminum in them. And it's, you know, it, it does change the male in a way where they've shown that the testosterone interferes with how um, the males detox mercury. That was known before the vaccines were manufactured. So they said, okay, we have these chemicals that testosterone interferes with their detoxification inside the human body, more so in males. And we need one more in males. So let's pick the mercury. Let's invent the propaganda about why mercury's I mean, mercury is the third most toxic substance in the world today. It's the number one non-toxic, uh, non-radioactive toxic substance. Why is it in vaccines? Well, it's in vaccines to cause you permanent brain damage. And Dr. Russell Blaylock has explained very uh, well that it takes 70% of a damage in one part of your brain for the parent or the guardian to notice the child in their uh, notice the change in the child's behavior so, so either the, the the vaccine toxins are always building up to that 70 percent threshold where you know my child got the second or third hpv vaccine and they're all the same right they're just marketing for the uninformed public they think their twin rex vaccine is different than their um, you know, flu shot or their flu shot is different from their hpv vaccine that's all sort of the, the horse and pony show that you need to put forth so that the, the uninformed sheep keep coming up to the abattoir door, you know, demanding that they be slaughtered. And that's why sometimes people might give two or three vaccines to their children. And what they say is fine, but the brain is being damaged more and more up to that 70% threshold. Then the child takes on another toxic vaccine, his eyes roll back in his head and they're gone because that 70% threshold was hit and it's really hard to come back from that. And a lot of people are obsessed to come back from that. 
um, what they should be really obsessed is not poisoning the children in the first place. And some people say that's rude. Well, the, the truth just sits there, right? It just sits there quiet in the corner. It doesn't have, have an opinion. And this is what we have to understand is that we're avoiding truth because the lies give us more points. Mm. And we have to stop lying for points. We got to stop lying to ourselves, number one. If you want to start, stop lying to other people, you got to stop lying to yourself. And a lot of people have a real hard time with self-analysis because you don't get any points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that right there is so relevant. I was literally having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday in that exact conversation is that how can I be honest with a partner? How can I be honest with another human being if I can't be completely and utterly honest with myself? And that's, that's so essential. And I've heard people say it's even the funniest. I've seen like toxic and poisonous partners say, why can't you just love me for me? And I, I'd say, you don't even know who you are. So how am I supposed to love something that's not even real? How can I even trust you if you don't even know who you are? They don't. And you can't know who you are unless you're in the full spectrum brain. You're not going to know who you are unless you're outside the limbic brain. The limbic brain is a very troublesome, very uh, busy child. And you do not want that child IQ running your adult life or very bad things happen, which again, aren't happening by accident, which again, benefits our social engineers when we're in perpetual crisis and in a state of, you know, this permanent childhood. That's, that's, I mean, right there, that's another, that's another thing that you talk about a lot. If you're game for it, I definitely would invite you for a third round to really discuss in more detail about, you know, what it is to actually be an adult. You know, Paul Check talks about this a lot, you know, like what it actually is to be an adult and to be, whether that's a man or a woman, it doesn't matter to be an adult versus to be a child and not to be run by the child, the childhood trauma and the repressed Oh, yeah. the repressed, um, you know, emotions. And essentially what it comes down to is like, you know, you know, looking a little bit deeper into archetypes and mythic ways of looking at reality and understanding that, um, uh, what was it? I was just thinking about understanding that there is a responsibility that we all have. And as men, you know, this is one thing that I think if we, if we do that, this is something I like to talk about is the responsibility. Like if you're incarnated as a man, there's a responsibility to be a noble and to be, you know, to be, um, not noble in the, the status way, but to, to act with ability and virtue. It is, you have to, you know, and a lot, when we go into our world today, there's a lot of negative role modeling, giving people the encouragement they need to live in the permanent childhood. There's many video game points to be had. If you're a dope smoker, if you're getting a tattoo, if you're, you know, a video game player, if you, you know, race dirt bike and you got a motorcycle and you ride on the weekends and you act like the same moron, the same moron you were when you were 18, you go all the way through to your 60, you're still getting drunk down at the pub. Um, you, you know, you just got your 14th tattoo, you're thrice divorced and you're living, you're surfing. And I don't mind the surfing part, of course, but 
you will the the way the society is set up, it's proven human mimic as their primary form of learned behavior. I think we might have discussed this last time. It's shown that humans copy anything they see. Our human farmers know this, and in Hollywood, like for example, I don't know if you're aware that of the movie Gone in 60 Seconds. Did I explain this to you already? Not to me, but I'd love for you to explain it to all of us. Well, in the in the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, it's about car theft. And when it opened in Burnaby, BC, Canada, in the first week, car theft went up 60%. And there's a, a sitcom called The Cosby Show. It was with uh, Mr. Huxtable, which was Bill Cosby, and his wife, Claire Huxtable. Uh, Mr. Huxtable was a medical doctor and Claire was a uh, lawyer. And during the nine-year nine run of the show, African-American enrollment in medical school and law school went up 20%. Mm-hmm. And our human farmers saw that and have known this a very long time. Yanked <clears throat> yank that uh, particular series in the height of its uh, you know, success and then, so they call that the Cosby effect. Anybody can kind of look it up. And it's shown that humans will mimic what they see. In our movies today, what you'll see is the weakened male, which is something we've always talked about, the hyper-feminized male. Uh, you'll also see the single parent, the divorced parents or orphan children, or simply just no parents with no explanation. and you're also going to see the living out of the permanent childhood, the adoration and the promotion and the support and the hero worship of the adult that never grows up into an adult. And this is, this is why a lot of people are stuck because they feel like they're going to lose all their video game points. If they actually become an adult, they're going to be rejected by their peer group, which is everybody down at the pub who are getting tattoos, that are having affairs, that are, you know, wasting the gift that the creator gave them. I hate to sound like Jimmy Swaggart here, uh, the preacher, okay? But there's something very dark and evil and satanic about all of it. And if you trace the origins of your human farmers, they had a hatred for what we call God. Um, They had a hatred for life. They don't like life. They don't like the sunlight. They don't like uh, they don't like children. They don't like love, and everything we're talking about can go into a big cat catch basket of anti-love or anti-life. Right. That that's where it can go. And if you trace these people back, I'm not too sure what kind of traumas they had, but we might have to lock them up a little bit because the traumas they had is reflective. Reflect, you know, it reflects in all they do to us. Right. They're very troubled individuals. They poison us from the sky. They poison our water. They poison our food. They give us negative role modeling to media so that we mimic sort of their satanic endeavors for the future. And people really have to wake up to this. And how do you fight it, right? Like, person's like, wow, that's some pretty heavy stuff. Jason's laying down. I, I'd like to join. I would like to join the anti-whatever movement you would want to call. What you need to do is nothing more than just eat real food. Uh, it's called the JERF diet. What's the gentleman who initiated that? Just eat real food. <laughs> the JERF. Yeah. And it's very important people do that. And 
You'll shut your limbic brain off. You won't be so psychopathic. You won't be evil. You won't be short-sighted. You won't be immoral. You won't be unethical. And then your life just kind of clears up on its own. You don't have to go find any gurus. It's all inside of you. You just have to trigger it. Well, that, you know, that was the biggest uh, awakening that I had when I got onto real food and I started drinking juices and eating vegetables and eating fruits and getting into organic and, um, you know, just educating myself and participating in my own evolution. You know, Michael Beckwith has a great saying. He's like, you know, we got to we got to participate in our own evolution, which is, you know, so we got to get off the sidelines. Right. And there's a great tendency um, you know, because of the access to information, there's no, there's no, there's no deficiency in information. There's no absence of information, but there is an, there is a, a still an absence of people getting off the sidelines to fully participate with the information they're given. It's because there's no points in participation. <laughs> That's the problem, right? You get more points sitting there. You get more points being a, an obedient slave. Right. What's that? Uh? Pleasure points. Yeah, well, you get pleasure points, but you always get these inverted points. Like I said, you might get uh, points, you might get a, a government promotion because you vaccinated all your kids. And, you know, it's awkward for, you know, the nurses' kids to come to the hospital party and then, and then they're not vaccinated. That's kind of awkward. So the, the nurse who, you know, unfortunately is playing the same game everybody else is playing is where, where can I tell the biggest lie to get the most points throws their children into the satanic uh, toll into the satanic catch basket at the uh, inverted toll booth. And the gate opens up and says, come on in, you're promoted to head floor nurse now because you complied with that lie. And if you comply with some other ones, well, you could be a full hospital administrator or maybe regional manager. If you uh, tell 10 more lies and live them out like they're the truth, and, and who's setting up this system? Because we know it's not coming from the nurse. They're just sort of believing they're making these decisions from their own free will. But they're not. All these fabricated choices are there for a reason. And we have to start seeing that these fabricated choices, I mean, what are your real job choices today? I mean, you poison the kids or you make the poison for the kids or you deal with the poison kids. Enjoy your freedom of choice. May the odds ever be in your favor. It's like a bad uh, episode of the Hunger Games. Right. And so on the, on the, with the time we have left and the, on the flip side of that, I'd like to just kind of, um, you know, take a few minutes to, to unpack, like, how do people actually take full, full control and ownership over their destiny and their trajectory in life now that they really have a deeper understanding? And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, watching this right now are, um, you know, on different spectrums of, of what we call awakening. And they're they're with this message. So now, how do those people in their holistic life start to start to uh, reroute? Just know that it's a to first and foremost, it's a toxin-based attack mm -hmm. on yourself as a person, on your kids, and on your family unit. So you have to get the toxicity down. And if you can't control what you put in your own mouth, you'll never control anything beyond that. And you'll be the ultimate infant and the ultimate victim. 
and the ultimate target, because this is the agenda, is to make humans so inept that they can't even buy cauliflower when the cookies are right next to it. Because they want their pleasure, which makes them depressed. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Um, You have to start removing the toxins using baby steps. I suggest uh, if you want to know what a real healthy diet is supposed to look like, you can either read Paul Check's book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, or you could read the book Whole30, which is a great book on how to get people healthy. It'll activate your, it'll take the activation out of your limbic brain and move it into your human, you know, your frontal lobes area. Okay, more at the top of your head. And after that, your morality lives there anyway. Your ethics live there anyway. The love for your wife lives there or your husband lives there anyway. Uh, The love for your community lives there. Your concern lives there. Your care can be reignited there. You can reactivate your care even if it's being cremated. And you can kind of stumble your way through this unknown territory it's shown that one cup of coffee activates your limbic brain for three to six weeks. Wow. So, so to say that most people listening to this, and that goes for alcohol and sugar and weed and milk, because they're all handpicked. There are people in rooms long ago saying, okay, what's the worst food for the slaves? And they're going to, well, we'll give them the cow's milk because we know that screws up their intestines. And the intestines are where we think a lot. Um, and give them the wheat and give them the coffee and bring in the coffee from these different areas and we'll have a coffee shop. It's all a planned agenda. So you just have to push away the toxins and then every, what they were always trying to keep you from the human brain. That's, you know, that's my precious. (laughs) Okay. That's the, uh, the Lord of the Rings is right here. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant and beautiful, beautiful exploration and connecting so many different dots. And I just greatly appreciate you taking the time to join me and rap about this and share it with everybody out there in the world. And um, so I want to now just uh, let everyone know where they can find more information on your work. You are prolifically sharing on Facebook and writing. I mean, how many articles have you put together at this point? I've probably written uh, in my life about 1,500. I have 1,000 of them on my, um, I have a website, jchristoff.com. And I, I post on Facebook and then I might, I write on Facebook and then I might transfer and modify as it goes to my article archive. Uh, but I, I'm really there because I'm, I'm in the human brain. I want to make the world a better place. I hope I'm doing that. I've tried to tone down the fear-based rhetoric inside my own posts uh, from, you know, just trying to make people less fearful, but everything has a duality. So some people need to get a little bit more afraid of what's going on for them to take action. So it's a fine, it's a tightrope to walk. Right. Yeah, I I know what you mean. And, um, yeah, we need our own medicine sometimes. And medicine, oftentimes, like in, in, in the herbology, medicine, the best medicine, is, especially heart medicine, is often bitter. So, you know, sometimes we got to take that better, bitter medicine, medicine in order to get to the sweet spot, um, so to speak. 
Yeah, we're taught as well that it's never us. We're always very paranoid to be wrong. We, we've been taught that if you're wrong, you get punished, right? You get the F or you get the four out of 10 and then your parents punish you for it. And what you're really getting punished for is not telling the lie with the most points. You're not saying, I mean, if you said Christopher Columbus didn't discover America, you're right, but you don't get a lot of points in the satanic video game, right? And then you end up working at the factory with all the other people that don't tell lies. They didn't tell the right lies, you know, and the managers told the right lies and the politician told more lies. And, uh, you know, our political leaders and everybody at the top have told the most lies. It's a lie-based system. We really need to get rid of that. And it starts with us. We're never going to get to the top of that pyramid and sort of find who's doing this. We have to make sure we stop lying to ourselves and then it's going to work its way up the system. Because as we see psychopaths lying to us, it's about time we grabbed them right by the throat and told them, you know what, it's time you went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we have to essentially take ourselves home by telling ourselves the truth first and stop projecting outside. Yeah. Without- problems in the world we have to know what they are because they're they're like mirror reflections they're like holographic projections of what exists inside of us so until we take full ownership of the duality within us and and accept that and improve upon um those things then it doesn't matter how much we point outside of us it's just going to be this perpetual thing right yeah if we you know be be the change you want to see and is try to spread the change to people the best you can. I mean, I think a lot of people around the world are starting to do that. I, I'm not, I can't predict the future, but I can see things getting a little rough. And then I can see the, you know, big break in the storm and everything's going to get better. Well, absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time. Again, for everyone listening, um, Jason's website is jchristoff.com. That will be in the show notes of this podcast. And it's just been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to doing round three when you're game for it. Okay, Ryan, no problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnielandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.